0: You're listening to the OKC 82 podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball, a part of 107.7 The Franchise Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host, Brady Trantham, alongside Miss Madison Morris. And Madison, we are in studio for the first time. In reco- a long time. I know. When was the last time you recorded a podcast in here?
0: Uh, it's been a hot minute just because it's been a lot more uh, convenient to either Skype it or stay at the arena. But we just came back here today.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. We, we've done all the, a handful of in-arena Podcast because we just kind of got tired of driving all the way up here to work more. And then we've done a few post game shows on 107.7 the franchise, which is always fun. And then we just ripped the audio. But, uh, true. Yeah, feels good to be back. Feels home, good to be home. Home headquarters home. for the OKC podcast. But one, one team that was not happy to be home apparently was the Oklahoma City Thunder because they looked like hot garbage today. It was yes. their. They lose to the Washington Wizards, the the Wizards who are just an abysmal train wreck of a team this year, and uh, God bless our old friend Fred Katz for having to cover him. He does an excellent job covering a team that is just...
0: A train wreck. It's a
1: train wreck, Um, but they didn't look that way tonight. The Thunder, they looked like a tired team. This was their fifth game uh, since last Sunday in a game that you and I were in in the arena for um, down in Dallas, They turn right around the next night in Oklahoma City to play Dallas again. Then they travel to uh, L.A. to play the Lakers in a game that was incredibly emotional for Paul George because of all the booing and his first time back in L.A. um, against the Lakers, that is, um, since re-signing with Oklahoma City in the summer. And then the Thunder have probably their biggest win of the year um, two nights later in Portland, beating the Trailblazers in Portland for the first time since 2014. And it just looked like they were kind of due for one a game like this. It was their first loss by more than, well, what's math? Oh, gosh, math. 18 points. 18 It was their first loss by 15 or more points since, I believe, November 12th or November 15th against the Dallas Mavericks in that first game against Dallas. Um, yeah, it was just their first stinker of a game, and I've been saying it for, like, the last two months. Like, this team has yet to to have been dri- um, driven off the floor and tonight, uh, midway through the fourth, Jeff Green hits a three to put the Wizards up 20. And from there, it was just like, yeah, wave the white flag, sit everybody. Yeah. It's just it's just not your night.
0: No, and it's funny that you just talked about Jeff Green's three because the Wizards shot 27% from the three-point line all night. And it was so funny how, like, I don't know, the Wizards, they did not seem to have any problems tonight except for maybe the first seven minutes of the game, because the Thunder came out and they were firing, and it looks like this was going to be a blowout game and the Thunder were going to take it easily. But, that didn't happen, obviously. It just, it didn't look good, and the Wizards just completely picked it up, and they uh, never had to look
1: back. Yeah, they looked like a tired team, and they played like a tired team because, typically, teams that are very fatigued, they'll start off the first and the second half really well, but it'll tamper off from there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you said the thunder came out firing you know who else came out firing today the minnesota oh, the timberwolves, minnesota timberwolves.
0: <laughs> i had to think about that for a hot second i was like no yeah <laughs> their owner
1: just like walked into Thibodeau's office after they uh, beat the lakers and just said you sir
0: you're done are
1: without or without employment now, you are fired. That is harsh. <laughs> and it happened what ten minutes after the game started tonight.
0: Yes, because so we were all sitting up in the media box, kind of just enjoying the Thunder, having a nice little little go at the first of the game. And yeah, uh,
1: it looked like it looked like okay, the Thunder going to win by fifteen or twenty.
0: Yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, Woj drops a Woj bomb, and it's like uh, Thibodeau out at Minnesota, and we're all kind of like whoa.
1: Yeah, and the Thunder were probably just as dumbfounded as everybody else because <laughs> from that point on the Wizards just straight dominated the Thunder. I mean, I didn't see I did a bad job. I didn't bring in my notes, so I'm going to have to try and find it, but the Thunder from what I can remember, the Thunder had an 18 to 7 lead um at the 5:41 mark of the first quarter. And going into that, it was a whole bunch of just the Thunder getting into the paint, getting easy buckets, and getting turnovers on defense. I mean, their defense was completely stifling. Like the Wizards had nowhere to go. And like we said, it just had all the makings of a Thunder, a big time Thunder victory. But after that, the Wizards go on. uh, They finished the rest of the first quarter and the entire second quarter on a 47 32 run. Ouch. Yeah, it, it was just, I mean, they only led by four. But I don't know about you Madison. I I did not feel good about that 4-point deficit for the Thunder. It just looked no. like okay, at some point this is going to blow blow open for the Wizards because like you said, they were they didn't have any problems. Like right. once, once they got settled in, uh they didn't have any problems whatsoever getting um the ball move, moving around on offense. They didn't have a problem getting in the paint. Um they knocked down some timely jumpers, but like you said, they didn't really shoot the ball particularly well from the outside. And the Thunder did nothing to counter it on offense. They were turning the ball over. They stopped going to Steven Adams. Uh, Paul George just only had 20 points. He just wasn't feeling it even tonight. He said it felt like a weird game Mm -hmm. after the two emotional road victories they had this past week. So, yeah, I mean, the Thunder were due for this, but the key for them is to not let Washington beat them. Twice mm-hmm. by them following this up with another stinker against Minnesota because yeah. the Thunder owe the Timberwolves a uh, they owe them a victory.
0: <laughs> so I mean it was it I guess yeah I understand what you're saying when you say the Thunder were kind of due for this because they did blow the Wizards out on their home court back in what was that November. Um so I mean, yeah, maybe this was kind of like a Wizards' revenge game for all we know. But the Wizards did have a nice little fourteen-zero run there at the end of the first quarter, and that's just when everything kind of started to go downhill. Russell Westbrook had eight of the Thunder's fourteen turnovers tonight, so it was and they just, were
1: they were all bad. They were
0: bad. It was a lot of sloppy ball handling. It was a lot of not looking for the right guy to pass it to. It was a lot of trying to do those. Uh, super jazzy and uh, fancy passes, but they just don't turn out right because the guy's not ready for him. And that's kind of been a problem the past couple of months for Russ and why he's racking up all these turnovers is I think he's trying to get a little too fancy with the ball at times, but I don't know. There was just a lot of bad in this game, and that's what Billy Donovan said in his post game. He just said there was a lot of bad, and he can't really chalk it up to just one mistake that kind of led to the Thunder getting this loss.
1: Yeah, and something that I've been kind of annoyed with with this team, but I understand why they do it. I'm just kind of curious what you think, but um, I'll I'll start off with why I know why they do it. The Thunder do not shoot the ball well, as we know. Mm -hmm. They have to find ways to manufacture easy buckets, quick buckets, and play as fast as they can on both sides of the floor. That's what they've been saying since before preseason started. That's how they want to play. But these full court passes after (laughs) our quick rebounds... I mean, unless the guy is just streaking wide open. Mm-hmm. Because tonight, like the Thunder are playing well on both sides of the floor, like we said. And then they turn the ball over, I think, twice on these full-court passes. One was to Steven that got uh, tips, and the Wizards got the turnover. Uh, another was to Jeremy Grant, who was double-covered. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems, it seems like they're... If you're going to push the pace, push it correctly and push it wisely. Mm-hmm. And tonight they didn't do it that well starting off in the first quarter with these full court passes and the reason why i bring this up is because it seems like in these last 2 weeks that that full court pass that they've liked to do all year that worked really well in the beginning part and the first 20 or 25 games of the year it's been kind of snuffed out in the last 10 or 15 and it's led to some really bad turnovers. And then when you look back and see, okay, well the Thunder only had 14 turnovers. That's not bad. It's not terrible. Yeah, that's yeah. not terrible because if like this team is going to turn the ball over like eight, nine, ten times in the half court alone. Mm-hmm. But if you look back and you remember, okay, they turned the ball over on three stupid passes from like under their own rim, uh, uh, going full court. It just, it kind of, I, I scratch my head at it. But, um, especially when you know you're tired, but, I mean, I don't know. It looks looks odd to me. It leads to too many turnovers, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I mean, I guess I understand why they do it.
0: I mean, there's a couple of things. I say a couple. There were a lot of things that made me scratch my head tonight. Just, like you said, a lot of the turnovers just came from bad passes generated by the guys, and I think it's just not exactly setting it up right in your mind. And I think Billy said this. It was, oh, gosh, it was a while back, but... He told the media one time that you have to understand that these guys make very quick decisions very, very fast, and they have to be smart about it, and sometimes it just doesn't line up. A lot of that happened tonight where things just didn't line up, and the decision was a little eh, and I I don't know. I feel like that's kind of becoming an ongoing problem, and that's why turnovers are happening so much because there's just not good decisions being made. There's not good court vision from the guys right now, and um, I might be just completely stepping off the stool when I'm saying that, but if you're going to do like I don't know like kind of what you were saying if you're going to do a full court pass to guys like Steven you need to make sure he's open because this is a hot take but I'm going to say it Steven's not the fastest person and he tends to let a lot of balls pass to him get just ripped right out of his hands he's strong and he's fierce and he shows a lot of hustle sometimes but he's not really the type that's going to hold on to the ball really well if it's given to him, if he's covered by two or three guys, which he usually is because that's kind of become a game plan for opposing teams is to really put a lot of pressure on Steven. And then if you're going to give it to Jeremy, kind of what you said earlier, Brady, he was being double teamed. So you need to kind of wait for your teammates to get down the court, kind of slow the pace down. There's not any kind of rush. If you have 24 seconds on the shot clock, there's no point in only using, like, five or ten seconds to take a shot and make it impressive, use your time, man. Like, wait for your team, be patient, pass the ball around a little bit, find some open shots, stay inside the paint, and you're going to get stuff done.
1: You could afford, like, a turnover, Do like, trying to play this type, this style of trying to just throw the ball down to a cherry-picking power forward or center. Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams are typically the guys that are in that position where they're running down the court after a quick rebound, and it's usually Russell or Paul that's launching these passes. Mm Um, you can afford a turnover or two, um, because if you just immediately throw it, you know you've got four or three guys still back on defense. That if the ball's turned over, then it's not. It's not like Washington's going to go on a, you know, like a two-one fast break. Mm-hmm. Um, if you throw the ball too far, then you give it, your entire team a chance to get back on um, when they pass the ball in. But I, I don't know. It's just it's just something I've been kind of annoyed with with their offense because yeah. I mean, like you said, it it just kind of falls into like this this team it's russell westbrook's team right and so a lot of his attributes kind of bleed onto the other guys and for both good and and bad and one of the bad things is just like what you were saying those those quick decisions where they have to make those quick decisions and how and what they do with them with russell you you live and die with him mm-hmm. he, he's so damn good that he can make a pinpoint pass, between he can nutbang somebody and throw it between their legs, and, mm-hmm. and with some angle that you could you couldn't even see, you know, just make he makes all these plays that don't look possible, possible. Mm-hmm. But also, he's very Brett Favreian in his <laughs> in his decision making with his quick trigger because it'll lead to a lot of bad turnovers. And um, most of the time, the Thunder are able to win games despite them. And most of the time, Russell Westbrook is able to rebound. Um, off of those turnovers and make more plays so it kind of counterbalances them but um, yeah I thought tonight that that kind of led to the the Thunder's ultimate destruction and that and Bradley Beal who kind of got cooking in the um, end of the first quarter and into the second quarter he finishes with 25 point or 20 was it 27 points on 25 shots or 25 points on 27 shots
0: so it's 25 points on 27 shots yeah
1: and I mean, credits Terrence Ferguson, uh, other than Steven Adams, who looked incredible in the first quarter. The Thunder, sadly, didn't go to him much after that when he came back in the second quarter. Right. Um, Terrence Ferguson looked like the best starter on the floor. Yes, he did. Because his defense just was incredibly stifling on Bradley Beal. He made him work. Uh, Billy Donovan had nothing but praise about him in the postgame. Uh, in fact, he kind of he kind of interjected Eric Horn from the Oklahoma, and his question about Terrence Ferguson's defense, and just said, "Yeah, he was great tonight," mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, if you're going to score 25 points on 27 shots, we'll take that every time," and he he's absolutely right, and it's it's just it's another good game you can kind of file in under um, Terrence Ferguson, but sadly for Oklahoma City is that. When he got cooking, it coincided with the Thunder getting sloppy on offense, and it just kind of created this perfect storm of the Wizards going on that 47-32 run that they finished the first half on. And uh, at halftime, I actually went downstairs to the di- uh, media dining room to go get you a bag of popcorn. Thank you. Because you uh, you were hungry for some salty treats. I salty just wanted treats. some popcorn all yeah, of yeah, a sudden. Who doesn't want popcorn? Sadly, I... I actually
0: don't I, like popcorn. I ate I half of your popcorn,
1: and I had to keep refilling it, because I was... Uh, it's all good. <laughs> 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 I was talking to... Uh, our old friend Fred Cat Fred Cats down there and he brought up this interesting point about how Bradley Beal usually starts off games really slow in, in in the style of he's trying to feel everything out mm-hmm. like he'll go off of, of a screen one way next next possession on offense he'll go off the screen the opposite way and try to understand where they're trapping who's getting doubled where they're coming for where the defense is coming from and then he'll start asserting himself and it looked exactly like that tonight mm-hmm. and like i said it just kind of created this perfect storm for the thunder to just Throw out a stinker of a performance and ultimately lose.
0: I mean, yeah, that's very, very true. And i <laughs> I kind of got roasted on Twitter a couple of times because the Thunder came out of halftime. I think they went on an 8-0 run before the Wizards finally it was answered with eight, something. Yeah, it
1: was a 7-0 run, eight two. I think was
0: well because uh, they he had that and one. Oh, okay, so, yeah, it was and that... he made that free throw, so it made it eight zero and. I was, I tweeted out just kind of jokingly. It was like, is it too soon to claim that the Thunder have had one of their magical halftime talks? Because they looked pretty good. And yeah. maybe it was not really them looking all that great, but the Wizards just kind of looking. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> That did not become a factor because then after a while, I think it was not even maybe like the start of the fourth quarter or something. The Wizards were close to being up by twenty three points at one point, so it was just bad. And uh, my apologies for uh, maybe jinxing it.
1: Oh, Madison, I, I think
0: I jinxed it because I am a strong believer in the halftime ma- or the magical halftime talks.
1: No, it, I put it that's, there. that's been their quarter this year, and um, you know, even when they don't have like. An incredible scoring performance in a third quarter. It's their defense that always, um, like in Portland, uh, they held the Trailblazers to 46 points mm-hmm. after halftime, and the th- it wasn't like the Thunder just started raining down threes or started hitting a bunch of shots. It was their defense that got the ball rolling for them to ultimately get that big victory. Um, but yeah, the third quarters are always like they're magical for this team, and they just didn't have it tonight. But you know, it was the symptom of a tired team. They started mm-hmm. off the first half incredible, and then quickly cooled down. They started off the second half in the same way. They started That's off incredible, true, yeah. and then cooled down. And you know, it's the biggest thing for this game is um, you don't want, like I said, you don't want the Wizards to beat you twice, or you lose to another below-average team in Minnesota Tuesday night um, at home. You hope that play like this is sprinkled th- not sprinkled heavily throughout your season but you know one one bad loss out of you know every 15 or 20 games you're going to take that because that's mm-hmm. just the reality of the of the NBA and Russell he he actually got ready quickly today in the locker room. That um, shocked yeah, me. <laughs> nobody was nobody was particularly um, upset with this loss because I think they were looking at it the same way that you and I are looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's like Russell said it this way: he's like, "82 games. If you don't think you're going to play, if you think you're going to play incredible every night, you got another thing coming."
0: Right. I that was a good answer on that.
1: Yeah, and again, if you're the Thunder. Just win on win Tuesday night in Minnesota, and it really won't matter because then you've got a back-to-back with the Spurs. And I know that they're not really the Spurs like we've seen in recent years, but they are still the San Antonio Spurs. It's always a fun uh, b- matchup between the Thunder and San Antonio. So, um, I mean. I don't really care about this loss. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I was watching this loss happen, and I was like, wow, this is just bad. This is probably going to be their worst loss of the season. But, you know, kind of listening to what Russell Westbrook said, he's very true. They are about to reach the 40-game mark, and that is – that's it's, I mean, I think I said this on the postgame show the last time we did it. That's kind of the time that guys are going to have a little bit of Yeah. Mess ups that they're not usually gonna have because it's just that time of the year. It's that time of the season. And I know I also did say that it's the time of the season you can't have those mess ups, but that's also gonna be reality and I one hundred and ten percent agree with what Russell said. If we expect these guys to come out there and show perfection on the court every night, then we have another thing coming.
1: Yeah, everybody's former, our favorite former Thunder player Kevin Durant two years ago, <laughs> said that January in the NBA is the basement. It's it's yeah. just, you know, you kind of just at this point you're going through the motions. Everybody's tired. Um, Christmas, New Year's Eve is sandwiched together. All the back-to-backs. You know, everyone's tired and just looking forward to All-Star break where everyone gets a week off. And then, of course, the teams that are fighting for playoff contention play harder. The teams that aren't going to make the playoffs start tanking. Right. And, yeah, it's just other players across the league have kind of described January in the NBA similarly. So, again, I'm not worried about this loss. Um, Frankly, going 2-0 on that road trip, you can you can afford a loss like this
0: yeah and i mean like the guy, the guys do have kind of a rough schedule because they did kick off the week tonight with a bad it was a bad loss they kicked off tonight with a bad loss um they are going to have another home game on tuesday But looking at that schedule, they're going to have to go down to San Antonio, which is I mean, that's not really like that far because you don't change time zones or anything. That's not really going to mess with them. But you have to come back immediately and have your third home game of the week on Saturday against the team you just played on Thursday. That's kind of a rough schedule. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if. These games this week don't really go as predicted, and people get angry about it, but they also have to understand that it's a weird schedule. These guys are humans, and I honestly think they're doing maybe the best they can right now.
1: Perfect. Let's get to the questions. Awesome. (laughs) Hey,
0: I have actually one request before we get to questions. It won't take long.
1: Oh my gosh, I don't like change. Go ahead.
0: No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, uh, in honor of playing the Wizards tonight, and I did get (laughs) a lot of... Oh wow! I got 39 likes on my tweet about playing the Harry Potter theme song, Mm -hmm. which I know is not a lot of likes, but I didn't really expect (laughs) it to get any.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's 30, 39 more likes than I got when I mentioned that the Harry Potter theme was being played um, to my girlfriend. She didn't didn't like it at all. She didn't reply to me.
0: What, Annalee?
1: I know she she just doesn't care.
0: Well, Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I'm not gonna lie. Big, big Harry Potter fan. uh, Matthew Keith. Shout out to Matthew Keith. He is at Matthew with two T's. on. That's actually his Twitter handle, by the way. <laughs> um, he asked us if we could do a real quick segment where we could identify the characters of each player or what house they would be in if they oh, were at Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. this is good. is This is
1: good. This Come is, on. It'd be a little, are, it's
0: something fun. Are we going to go down
1: the roster? Are we going to go Let's just go down the roster. Go sec, let's, uh, let's down the roster.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's just go down like with the starters and then we'll get to the bench. Okay. So let's kick it off with Paul George.
1: Paul George, hmm. Paul George is from Southern California, so he he's kind of used to the the glitz and glamour of the country. The, the mm-hmm. you know um, Southern California life probably went went to the beach a lot. Yeah. So he probably has all this this stigma of okay. He probably comes from even though he doesn't. I want to stress that he did not. He was not born a rich kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think, okay, we'll put him in Slytherin. But the dude likes to fish. Yeah. And he chose Oklahoma City over the Los Angeles Lakers. Heck yeah. So that's that's some straight Gryffindor. That, uh, that's some character material right, right there. there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna agree with Gryffindor for Paul George. And uh, I'm gonna kick off Jeremy Grant saying that he kind of reminds me of like a Ravenclaw because Ravenclaw, you don't hear much about them at all in the movie. But uh, I think they won a couple Quidditch matches here and there. They have don't strange... all the
1: don't all the smart people go to Ravenclaw? Yeah,
0: Ravenclaw is just like that. It's like that mysterious house, but they're like strangely really good at things. But they're very like soft-spoken because you don't hear about them much. That is Jeremy Grant because he doesn't say much in postgame. He doesn't really put on a like a big show with like emotions and things like that when he's on the court. But he makes noise with his talent, so he's a Ravenclaw.
1: That's a, eh, that's a good way to look I at like it. I like that. Um, Steven Adams is next. S- Steven Adams. This is a tricky one for me. Oh, man. Like, he, I guess Gryffindor. Like, a lot of these guys are going to be Gryffindor because, I you mean. You don't
0: want to put them in Slytherin, but, <laughs> well, I mean.
1: Is Russell going to be in Slytherin? Well, we'll, we'll get to him. Okay, but, we'll yeah, get like, there. Like, Steven. Like, I guess Gryffindor. Um, I could see him hanging out with Harry and, like, putting him on his shoulders trying to, like, find some artifact. <laughs> I
0: like, just got the best visual image when you said that.
1: Are they similar? Are they, no. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's older than I am, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's, like, 30-something.
1: Dude, you at least 30.
0: Yeah, he's 30-something. <laughs> I, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But um, Terrence Ferguson, I kind of want to put Terrence in Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> because who cares? Because <laughs> he's just there, you yeah. know. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Terrence is awesome. He... Just kind of reminds me of a Hufflepuff right now because Hufflepuff, they're very uh, energetic to say the least. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have, uh, who's a Hufflepuff character?
1: Was Cho Chang Harry's girlfriend? Yeah, Harry's little lady friend. Was she Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw? I think she was
0: Ravenclaw. She wore blue.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: So someone was I've a Hufflepuff, read. and I they i don't know. They, he just reminds me of a Hufflepuff because he smiles when he talks. He smiles when he gets like fouls caught on him because he kind of like laughs at stuff, and he always just kind of has that grimace on his face. Terrence
1: Ferguson has an Eddie Murphy smile. Yes, he does. He looks yes, exactly he like Eddie Murphy he when, like Eddie when Murphy. he smiles. He it's, just
0: reminds me of a Hufflepuff.
1: It's so great. But uh, we
0: are to Russell Westbrook now.
1: Russell, you know, I, I think – People would want to put him in Slytherin because he's just so mean. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so mean and angry. He does, and he uses you know a lot of a lot of the the dark side of the force in his uh, <laughs> on the court. But I'm going to say Hufflepuff because oh. his fashion sense is so <laughs> Hufflepuffy to me. I would describe his fashion sense if we're going to use the four houses from Harry Potter as Hufflepuff.
0: What 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 character would you describe Russell as though?
1: Um, Even if it didn't
0: match someone in Hufflepuff,
1: um, probably Neville because because of this, because Russell was a nobody in high school, um, he wasn't highly recruited at all. And then he was a late bloomer, went to UCLA <laughs> and became Single one of the best players one <laughs> of the best players on earth. And just like the I don't know the actor who played Neville Longbottom, but He had uh, a glow up. Y- yeah, yeah. That that dude aged well. He he aged like a fine wine. <laughs>
0: oh god. Y- you know whoever
1: like whatever girl was probably like dating him at the time, like, oh, you know, this is cool. And then if they were still together, like Five, six, seven years later, she's probably like, I hit the jackpot. She
0: probably woke it's, up one morning and said, "Whoa!"
1: It was like <laughs> drafting Tom Brady in the twelfth round. It's like,
0: <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> oh man, honestly, we'll probably just leave it at the starters because that kind of <laughs> that took up a little bit more time. But I, I just wanted to make a disclaimer that Stephen Adams is definitely Ron Weasley's twin brothers. Both of them combined, yeah, because they're joking and funny and just
1: goofy. And, well, we can we can say, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to make a joke because. Uh, we have no idea what's going on with Alex Brians. Hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully, he's okay. No idea. Um, I, we have no idea if it's a you know if he's in danger of some of some type or if it's like a family matter. Um, we don't know what it is, but if we're going to make a Harry Potter comparison, we can just say, for all we know, Alex Brians fell into that mirror that Sirius Black fell into.
0: That sucks, man.
1: He personally fell into the mirror. He just
0: fell into the mirror. But uh There's God, no God bless
1: Alex Barinas. Hopefully he's uh yeah, hopefully, hopefully he com- okay. Hopefully he comes back okay, but um yeah, we'll just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> um let's get to the uh questions.
0: Cool. Do you yeah. want me to read them?
1: Uh yeah, go right ahead.
0: Okay, let's start with um uh, we'll start with Bud Howard at Bud <laughs> Howard 6. I'll leave out the first part. Uh he asks us No, it's okay. Go ahead. I'm okay, here. well he says, "Damn, Brady, kind of thick." t-h-i-c-c and it's all capitalized <laughs> so there's that uh he asks us do you think westbrook will ever learn to control his game shooting turnovers etc and also why was jeremy grant and steven adams ignored in the offense when it seemed at the start they had it going
1: but how long has russell Westbrook been in the league
0: long time
1: yeah i don't know if he's going to learn how to control his game in the way that people, and probably you, are wanting him to learn. Um, having said that, he's trying to alter his game, and I think that that's one of the reasons why it's kind of playing into his now on-again, off-again shooting night performances. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, he's he stepped up his game defensively. Um, he's somehow stepped up his game in terms of distribution. He leads the NBA in uh, assists. Um, I, I don't know. To, to hope Russell Westbrook becomes like a great analytical basketball player that plays quote the right way unquote i think is a little far fetched mm-hmm. but that's not to say that what Russell how Russell plays the thunder can still win and even when he plays bad the thunder have won a lot this year so um i think if he just keeps playing the way that he does but his his shooting just improves just a little bit i think the thunder are going to be fine they're going to be a top 3 seed in the west unless God forbid a terrible injury, um, but it strikes this team. Um, They're going to be a top three seed in the West, and they'll have Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Steven Adams on their team. So you got to like that matchup moving forward.
0: For sure. And I agree. And Russell has said multiple times that, you know, if he's not going to be strong offensively, he's going to make up for it on other parts or other sides of the ball. And he even called himself the best at a lot of things in basketball he said that nobody comes out and plays like him no one fights like him no one has energy like him mm-hmm. and you know he has he has confidence in himself and i agree with brady he's been in the league for about 10 years now so i really don't see him completely changing something he's doing just hopefully improving but that's just i mean only time will tell
1: um to the second part of the question why uh was jeremy grant adams ignored in the offense when it seemed to start that they um or when it seemed at the start they had it going. I actually asked Billy about um did he regret not going to Steven a little bit more when he came back in the second quarter after such a great start? Because, you know, like you said, Bud, um, it seems like that that's kind of where it all kind of went downhill. And Billy was just so he was so disappointed in just the overall way the team played and like every facet of the game, just rebounding, shooting, defense, um, the wizards out of the Thunder. And he focused on, you know, if we're not going to get 80% of uh, the defensive boards, we're going to be hard-pressed to win games because of our limitations, and he's exactly correct. Um, But to my question, he just kind of said, well, I I don't think Steven would have been the difference at all, and uh, sadly mainly for Steven you know this is kind of what the Thunder do they'll go to Steven early and then just kind of forget about him and then Steven scores the rest of his buckets on just kind of like the occasional possession or off of trash where he gets right. an offensive board and, and a putback. so that's just kind of the way it is yeah
0: and I agree I mean Steven he he's just gonna have like weird different nights because tonight he picked up six points in under a minute or maybe it was 4 points in under a minute but he picked up that 6 point real fast. He only had 6 points total in Portland, so you know, he is going to get it going on offense pretty early in the game. That's just kind of what he does especially on their home court, but you know, I kind of agree with Billy that I don't know if Steven really would have been the difference there. Just shots weren't falling for the Thunder and uh I think it was just really because the Wizards were putting a lot of pressure on them. It was it was some good defense by the Wizards. It was just some bad, bad mistakes made by the Thunder. But that's just gonna have to, you know, resolve itself. And hopefully, you know, maybe they'll find a game plan to make that not such an issue next time. But only time will tell. Next, next, um, Patrick Brunsvold at Thunder. Oh wait, it has a dot, dot, dot at Thunder up MT. He asks, "As I like this question." He says, or asks, has Nader proved to be a better option than Abrinus? When slash if Alex returns, should they stick with Nader?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> Alex Abrinas is a much more complete player. He's a better defender. And while Alex Abrinas may not be a great defender or even a good defender on a lot of nights, he's still a much more well-rounded player than Abdul Nader. And also, Abrinus knows how to defend on most nights without fouling. And I'm not trying to trash Abdul Nader. I think I think he's incredibly talented, and he's essentially a rookie. He spent most of last year with Boston's G League team, mm-hmm. so this is his first foray into consistent NBA time. And I, I know he played a few games with the Boston Celtics, but in terms of with the Thunder, he's essentially a rookie. Still, mm-hmm. he's still learning how to defend what you can get get away with on nights with certain officials, certain crews, what they're calling. He still has that problem on defense, and sadly. You know, you know I, it seems like people have this idea that you can have an incredible shooter like a Kyle Korver, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is just plant them in the corner and they can just start raining threes. But, you know, basketball, you got to play offense and defense. So if Abdul Nader's going to be out there and he's going to get in foul trouble, he's not going to have that many opportunities to show off his greatest asset, which mm-hmm. is shooting. Now, I would love to see a three point contest between Abdul Nader and Alex Abrinas because, I mean, like we've said a hundred times now since that 18 point game in Phoenix a few weeks ago. Um, Every time you and I go to practice, we're just so amazed with how great of a shooter Abdul Nader is, and he's been able to show it. I think tonight he hit two three pointers. Mm -hmm. So even in games where the Thunder just don't even have it, he's still able to hit shots. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, I mean, if Alex comes back, and again, we hope we hope that he comes back. We have no idea what's wrong with him. We have no idea idea what's going on at all. Billy um, was asked about it. Pre-game, and he said he had nothing to add it's just still a personal personal reasons um but if alex is able to come back i don't foresee abdul nader playing that much but i i don't also foresee the thunder wanting to use him as a trade asset because i think the thunder like him and mm-hmm. i think they like what they have in him as a young player on a cheap deal um, moving forward with the skill set that he has, I think that he has the ability to learn all those things that he's currently flawed in. And when he learns those things and gets a little bit stronger and is able to play more at the four, he's going to be a a really good asset for this team if he's able to stay. The Thunder don't trade him mm-hmm. because, I mean, th- the shooting is elite.
0: Right. And, I mean, he is very, very good on offense, and that's been a good thing for the Thunder so far. But kind of like what Brady was saying, you have to be more of a well-rounded player to actually be beneficial to a team in the NBA, and I agree that Alex Abrines is doing that. So the thing about Abdul Nader is that I think it was—I don't know, maybe either the Portland game or the Lakers game, or what. Actually, what game was he in the starting lineup?
1: That was uh, Houston, the game I was at.
0: Okay, so.
1: No, 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 that wasn't Houston. That was the the Dallas game that we were at.
0: Okay, so that was the game. He picked up three fouls in the first quarter. So you have to play smart basketball. And I don't think right now... I'm not saying that Abdul Nader does not play smart basketball. I think right now he is just not as well-rounded as Alex. That's something that he can work up to because, I mean, yeah, he's... He played with the Boston G League. He played a little bit with the Oklahoma City Blue. You know, he hasn't had enough time in the big you know the big leagues basically just to kind of conform to what is necessary for you to perform at a high level in the NBA so I mean that's something he can work up to and get better at but if Alex Abrinas is able to come back I definitely would say Alex needs to see the floor before Abdul Nader does but then you know if something happens, then I think the Thunder are in good shape having someone like Abdul Nader to come off the bench.
1: I mean, simply put, the Thunder have run already two plays for Alex Brians to try and win a game on a final possession. They only do that for Russell and Paul. Right. So that that alone should tell you how much they trust Alex Brians how much they like him. So mm-hmm. as soon as he's back and able to play, he's going to be on the floor. Right. And like it or not, because I know a lot of fans are probably upset because he didn't hit those two shots – but you want him to get those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that before, so we don't have to get into it. But you want him to have those opportunities.
0: Absolutely. So we have two more questions, but they're kind of the same. Let me go ahead and just shout out our peoples. Um, at Red Dort Sport. What's and, up, brother? What's up, brother? And then uh, Boomer Beamer, in parentheses it says Carter. So I'm assuming <laughs> your name's Carter.
1: It's at, uh, at I. <laughs> I am DER Batman. I'm Der Batman.
0: I'm Der Batman. <laughs> uh, they both ask what the hell happened
1: out there. It was their worst loss of the year.
0: It was. And, th- you know, stuff like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked about that leading into the show, that it's just going to happen. And, though, I don't know. I don't like, I, I think I already said this, but I don't feel as bad about it just seeing how uh, Russell and Paul, they're the only two we were able to talk to in postgame tonight. Just the way that they approached it, and they said, you know, we're going to be fine. Russell even kind of was laughing and joking as he walked up to the huddle and he. He said, like, I- I'm confident in us. Like, I don't- I'm don't. i not worried about this, and we're just going to drop this game and move on to Tuesday's game. I think that's a good sign that they're not going to let this game totally defeat them. As I mean, the final buzzer's already sounded, so it's over, and there's nothing they can do to change it. So they're just going to have to move on.
1: We actually do have one more question, if you oh, don't sweet. mind. Um, from Patrick Roberts- Robertson at OkiePat2000. Hi, Pat. Uh, he posted a uh, screenshot of a tweet that he had tweeted um, earlier Was that today? Yeah, earlier today. Um, He says, I posted this and got zero response. Is it my presentation, too few followers, or does no one really care about anything other than Russell and Paul George stats? None of the above, bud. Um, I mean, I don't care about stats at all. I really don't care about (laughs) stats. I don't care about anything. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the Sunday blues. I just want to go to sleep. Oh, it is Sunday. Um, But the screenshot, I'll I'll just kind of go... Through it really quick. Um December. Um through December, Patrick Patterson is nine of twenty-nine from the three-point line. Uh Terrence Ferguson, two or less attempts in eight of the um of the last 16 games. Um Dennis Schroeder in the last 12 games is shooting 54 of um uh for 150 and 9 of 42 from the three-point line. Um yeah, I mean, those are those are incredibly important for this team because Patrick Patterson, Dennis Schroeder, they're going to get a lot of opportunities. Dennis Schroeder, of course, more so than Patrick. But if Patrick is able to hit you know, a good clip of the three to six shots that he'll take a game, that's going to be huge for this team that mm-hmm. can't shoot very well. Um, I don't know what Dennis Schroeder's deal is. Um, I actually, Patrick, I, I apologize. I didn't see this tweet earlier today. Um, but during the game, I just kind of went back and looked at basketball reference and looked at Dennis Schroeder's last few performances, and I tried to find a, a point where I could say, well, since this, this has happened because at one point, Schroeder was shooting like 35, 36% from the three point line. And I knew that that wasn't sustainable, but Mm -hmm. I thought maybe in like coming off the bench, going up against, you know, more, you know, backup point guards, maybe he could hover around 33, 34% from the three point line, which would be great for this team. Mm -hmm. Um, The point that I found was December 12th, which was the game that he sat out um, in that Sacramento victory um, a few weeks ago. It was December 12th. Um, before that night, he was shooting 34% from the three-point line. Since then, he is shooting, like, I think it was, and again, I don't have my notes in front of me because I'm an idiot, but he was shooting, like, 8 of 37 and shooting, like, 24 or 25% from the three-point That's line. brutal. It's just been, and even his shooting from inside the three-point line is, like like you pointed out, Patrick, it's it's dipped a little bit. And I'm going to chalk this up to just kind of what we were talking about earlier of this being January. In the NBA, and everybody's just Slump. kind of tired and dealing with, you know, family being here or having to go see family uh, for Christmas, um, holidays, all these back to backs that the Thunder have had to play. They were fortunate in the first part of the year, but now they've been kind of thrown to the fire in terms of all these back to backs. And now, even this week, they play San Antonio on the road thir- um, Friday. Or Thursday, and then they have to play them again in Oklahoma City on Saturday. So, mm-hmm. a lot of weird back to backs, a lot of weird um, one road trip coming back to Oklahoma City and then going back on the road. Just a lot of uncomfortableness. And it's I think like that's
0: the third time they've had to do like a play this team and then play them again, like right away. Yeah, it's, it's just weird.
1: It's just been a little weird part of the schedule, but that's going to happen to every team. But, um, hey, Hey, the Thunder have won plenty of games. They're still second in the West. They're twenty five and uh, fourteen, I believe. Twenty five and fourteen. They've afforded themselves an opportunity to take a bad L like this.
0: This was only their fifth loss on the home court too, so it's not it's not anything to panic about right Fire now.
1: Fire everybody.
0: <laughs> Everyone's fired.
1: With that, let's fire ourselves for the okay. evening.
0: Okay, <laughs> I, I like the idea of that, honestly.
1: Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 Podcast, and thank you all for the great questions. Made it uh, a lot more fun tonight, like it always does. Uh, shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you guys so much. Um, and also, everybody else, if you're not asking questions, that's fine, but thank you um, yourselves for listening. Um, the OKC82 Podcast, we are, what, was this game 39? Yes. We are almost halfway done. Wow. And it's going to be, obviously, it's going to be more than 82 games because this team is probably going to make the playoffs. And if they keep playing at the rate that they're playing, they'll probably go a little bit further than they did last year. (laughs) So this will be, you know, well, hopefully, um, hopefully for us, hopefully into the 90s, uh, maybe even to 100 podcasts. That'd be great. I like podcasting. It's fun. But um, everybody thank you so much for listening um please be sure to uh share like retweet and all that stuff get everybody tell everybody um to listen to the show um it makes it a lot more fun uh leave comments rate wherever you're listening stitcher google play soundcloud uh, apple podcast wherever just let us know how we're doing and we'll appreciate it but for miss madison morris we've talked for 43 minutes so let's let's get out of here but for miss madison morris this is brady trantham uh good night everybody